just a comment on Joshua, maybe we'll come back to this, but I just appreciate how as he's assuming the lead of the people of God from Moses, who just passed away yesterday, not yesterday, but like in the scriptures yesterday, um, he tells them their story, re- reiterates their story. I think it's important for them to remember their history as they begin the new chapter under Joshua. I think it's also important for us to always to be mindful of who we are to God, our own journey with God, where we come from, as we renew our faith in Him and take our next step into whatever next chapter awaits us. In this chapter of, of Matthew's Gospel, it's um, one of the fuller explanations of Jesus' view on marriage. And I do appreciate the scribes and the Pharisees. Like It starts off, Matthew's account of this episode in the life of Jesus is, they wanted to test him. And you think of all the ways you could test Jesus to get him stuck in some legal catch-22. And they come up with marriage. We're going to go with the marriage topic. And it seems to me that they must have already known if they're going to test him with marriage, that he stood in a position on marriage that might lead to some problems for himself. Like they knew his view on marriage, which is why they took this topic to test him. So they go ahead and ask the question. They already know the answer, it sounds like. Teacher, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause, whatever? And they're waiting for him to say, no, so they can trap him. But our Lord doesn't stop there. And I think sometimes, um, a lot of times our world today says, well, you know, the church's view on marriage, I mean, things have changed. The, world needs, the church needs to catch up on where people are. You know, not everyone can live out marriage today. It's a little tough. That I that standard of, of, of Jesus in the New Testament, that, that's a little high. What's interesting is that it's not like divorce was an evolution after Jesus and catching up with the times of divorce. Divorce was there before Jesus. And our Lord was saying, yeah, but that's going the wrong way. Have you not read, he says in, in the scriptures, where the Creator made them male and female? For this reason, he's quoting Genesis, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. End of quote. But then Jesus goes on to clarify, in case there was any doubt, so they're no longer two, but one flesh. Do you get it? He says. It's right there in the scripture, and I'm not interpreting it symbolically, it's literally. They're no longer two, but one flesh. In case you scribes were too intellectual and you thought that, well, maybe the interpretation is off. He's like, no. They're no longer two, but one. And therefore, what God has joined, because marriage is not of man and woman only, but man and woman in the Lord. What God has joined, let no one separate. Now, this is also Matthew's version, our Lord goes on, after they challenge him, how come Moses, therefore, look, you're contradicting Scripture. You're not with God because you, can, you contradict Moses. How come Moses allowed divorce? We see it in the Old Testament. You hear people say sometimes, how come in the Old Testament there's polygamy? Surely the church is wrong in its whole view of marriage because look, all over the Bible there's exceptions to marriage. They went to Jesus with that question first. How come this exception? You must be wrong because you're contradicting the exception in the Old Testament. Our Lord doesn't give up there. Our Lord doesn't say, oh, shoot, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can have divorce. He goes deeper. Because of the hardness and stubbornness and the brokenness of your hearts, Moses allowed some exceptions. But from the beginning, it was not so. And since I've come to heal things back to the beginning, 
I say to you, if you're going to follow Jesus, this is Jesus' view of marriage. Whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage was invalid, commits the sin of adultery and is outside of communion with the people of God. That's what adultery meant. And you had to be reconciled. You had to go to confession. Commits adultery. Unless the marriage is invalid, unlawful. That's where the church actually doesn't agree with divorce, but does talk about the discernment towards the annulment of a marriage that may have seemed to have taken place. But maybe the, the marriage was unlawful. And so it's not against Jesus' teaching to talk about the annulment of a marriage, recognizing that in the beginning it maybe was not a marriage. Something was unlawful or invalid. So we're living the true, the fullness of Jesus' teaching. I love the disciples. Do you all love the disciples? If this is the case between a man and a woman in marriage, and you only get one and one chance, well then it's better not to marry, right? Thanks. I thought that was Peter, who apparently might have been married at the time. We don't know. I mean, they're so real. They're so relatable. Like, again, it's not like the church is out of touch and stuck in the past and needs to catch up. Like, mankind hasn't changed. And marriage is still hard. But our Lord doesn't give in because he knows what he can do when man and woman offer them, offer him their whole selves. He does confirm, like, this is the way it is for marriage. And what God has joined, let, let no one separate. But then he goes on to explain, not everybody's called to marriage, people. Marriage is not for everybody. You don't have a right to marry. You don't. It's not for everybody. Hashtag celibacy. We love it. Okay. But it's real that not everyone is called to marriage. The world cries to the church, saying, you're so exclusive. You're so elitist. You only allow certain people in, and the rest of us are not good enough, so we're out. No, our Lord is right here. Not everybody's called to marriage. Jesus is clear. Some are incapable of marriage. How dare you judge me, Jesus? Well, he knows your heart and your makeup perhaps better than you do. Some are incapable of it because they were born that way. And what does he mean by that? Well, there's probably a lot of things he means by that. Hashtag catechism in a year. Spelling it out for us. Others are incapable of it because they were wounded by others in some way. And they can't maintain the duties of marriage. It's too hard for them. Some, because they're complete fools and they give it up for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. No, we're, we're trying to live it out. They have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Then he says, if you can believe in this, if you can accept this, you ought to accept it. Like, this is my way, my truth, my life. The faith is not just ideas. It also is spelled out. We're in the Catechism of the Year, we're shifting over from the, the faith we believe and the sacraments, the way we live, the way we worship it. Now we're moving into how it's lived because faith is lived or it's not faith. So when it comes to marriage, it's an expression of your faith. And if we can't, or if we're failing to live this out, it's okay, we're human, but we need to draw back to communion with Christ. We need to draw back to be reconciled to the way we're called to live. And if we're not there, we're invited to get there. That's why our Lord, it's, it's a struggle for so many of us, maybe we're struggling some way or another, or maybe we're in a situation where like divorced and remarried, that's a tough situation, and the church doesn't say, get away, you don't belong here. 
the church does say, let's try to walk with you where you are to bring you to a place where you can return to that full communion. Because everyone's called to that full communion. If it's just a matter of going to confession, go to confession. No, because I don't believe I've sinned. I don't think the church should judge me. Well, that's you separating yourself, but go to confession. Or let's begin the annulment process and see what we can do. Or, in Pope Francis, you know what? There's a tough situation, very unique. Work it out with your pastor where you are right now. And see what you can do to live out that full communion with Christ as best you can. We simply ask the Holy Spirit to open our minds the way maybe the Jewish scribes and Pharisees of that time had their minds closed. Let us open our minds to the reality of our faith, the wisdom of our faith, the ideal which we are called to live up to, and above all, the grace that God gives us to live the miracle of our vocation in life. Amen? Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.